This is the voice diary of Molly Daniels on day 14 as we approach Mount Everest Base Camp. I'm travelling with Carl Smith up the mountain and when I say travelling, I mean carrying his dead weight. Oh, hey, Mol. Uh, thanks again for lending me all your spare gear. Well, you really should have brought your own. And don't interrupt, please. I'm recording my diary, which will probably be used in many famous books about me in the future. All oh, right. Yep, yeah, of course. And also, thanks so much for explaining everything about mountain climbing to me. I guess I just wasn't really listening in training. Yeah, you never went to training, Carl, remember? Every day I called and asked if you were coming and you said you were really busy. Oh, right. Yeah, no, you're right. That's when I was making that short crime noir film starring my cat. Mm. Today on Short and Curly, we have many obstacles ahead of us. Not just the giant mountain, but also some incredibly tricky ethical problems. Like, why do people risk their lives and the lives of others just to get to the top of a mountain? And when you get into treacherous life and death territory, do the normal rules of ethics still apply? Should we even be climbing mountains at all, given all the difficult ethical questions mountaineering brings up? One way or another, Carl and I are going to figure that out on our climb to the highest point on Earth, known in Nepalese as Sagamatha and to English speakers as Mount Everest. Hello, and today you're listening to... Short, you're listening to Short and Curly. And Curly. Yay! Short and Curly! Curly, 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 Curly. Short and Curly! Come on, Carl, just a little further to base camp. Carl? Carl? Carl, 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 Carl. Oh, not again. I've prepared so well for this expedition up Mount Everest and Carl is just completely unprepared. First the kit, then the training. Now he's just wandered off, which is super dangerous up here. Carl! Oh, oh, hey, Mal. How beautiful is it up here? Apart from the fact there's a huge blizzard coming, we're on one of the most perilous journeys imaginable and we need to be able to communicate. Here we go. We have to do a double pick reach around for this tricky little cliff face. Yeah, sure thing, Mole. I'll pay attention and stick with you. Uh, Come on, we're almost at base camp now. I think those are lights in the distance. Sheesh, look, I I gotta say, as impressive as Molly is, she's crazy serious about this mountain climbing thing. I mean, sure, climbing to the top of Everest sounds fun, but what's the point? Is it going to make her life better? I wonder if you listening at home or in the car have some thoughts on this. And remember, you can pause the show to chat about this question with other people or just come up with ideas on your own. There are lots of activities in life which people find exciting and adventurous, like bungee jumping, big wave surfing, motor racing, and of course, climbing Mount Everest. Now, there are kind of two parts to this question. Firstly... Is there an adventure activity you've always dreamed of doing one day? And we also want to know, what do you think doing this adventure would add to your life? Hit pause now. (laughs) 
I can see it just up ahead, Carl. Base camp. Soon we'll have to start on the real tricky part of our ascent. Okay, Mole. <laughs> Mountain! Climbing! Ay, ay, ay. Now, we aren't the only climbers up here on these dangerous slopes. We've also met a ragtag gang of pint-sized student mountaineers from Millthorpe Public School. Here are their thoughts on why people climb high mountains. For mountain climbers, it's like something they enjoy doing and they enjoy putting their lives at risk. But they probably enjoy also um, getting to the top of a big mountain like Mount Everest and saying to people, oh, I climb Mount Everest. It's a bragging type thing. You can brag about it. There's good views from some mountains, like in Mount Everest, if you're not too high and you're not above the clouds, you can see really nice views of Nepal. Well, they do it for the fun of it and they also do it for the adventure and the adrenaline that builds up and it's also really beautiful. It is beautiful, Molly. It really is. You know what's not beautiful? That giant blizzard coming. Thank goodness we've made it to base camp. Quick, get inside the tent before the storm hits. Phew. Hey, Molly, this this accommodation kind of sucks, doesn't it? I mean, where's the bathtub? And there's, there's not even any scented towelettes over here. Dude, it's a giant tent. Well, it's certainly cosy. And much warmer than out there. Okay, we've really got to rest up for the big climb tomorrow. So good to throw off the pack. So, what do I need to know before we try to take on the summit? Aw, heck yeah, this is my domain. Uh Uh-oh, what have I done? Mount Everest is the highest mountain on Earth. Its peak is almost 9,000 metres above sea level. That's taller than a sandwich. Yeah, most things are. Everest presents dangers such as altitude sickness, hectic weather and wind, as well as significant hazards from avalanches. Oh, yeah, that, that does sound quite dangerous. Over 290 people have died trying to climb it. And some of these corpses serve as landmarks for new climbers, like us. Whoa, dead bodies still on the path? (laughs) Alrighty, Veggie Mighty. I thought this was more of a tourist destination. And Carl, they call the high points of the mountain the death zone, where the oxygen level isn't sufficient to sustain human life. Okay, enough. Shh. Thank you, Molly, for that wonderful lesson. Yay, Molly. Just relax, Carl. Oh, hey, check out over there near the sleeping bunks. I think that's Alyssa Azar. She was the youngest Australian to ever conquer this mighty peak at just 19 years old. Whoa, 19? That's crazy young. Yeah, especially since she's attempted Everest three times. Oh, my goodness. And made it all the way up on her third attempt. Oh, here she comes. Oh, hi, Alyssa. I'm uh, Molly Daniels, first time Everest climber, and this is my, I guess you'd call him my climbing partner. Carl Smith, also first time climber. I think I've made a terrible mistake and I should not be up here on the mountain at all. 
we so super appreciate you stopping to talk to us. That's right. So, Alyssa, is it possible to give us a bit of professional advice? Can you tell us what the next section of our climb will look like terrain-wise? What should we be prepared for? Yeah, so once you leave base camp, the real climbing begins, and that's where you get all of your big technical gear on, like your boots and your crampons, which are your spikes. Um, So from there, you start up through the Kumbu Icefall, and so the terrain is incredibly steep. There's a lot of ice and snow, and you cross a lot of crevasses over these ladders. So climbing on Everest is, in my opinion, unlike anywhere in the world. Getting to base camp, I realise I'm not really prepared. Uh, It's going to be really, really hard up there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You really get the whole package on Everest. So the weather can turn very, very quickly from nice weather right to minus 40 degrees in storms and blizzards. And what is it like living in such low oxygen? Yeah, so particularly as you get up higher on the mountain, when you're living with low oxygen, everything is harder. So just to be able to eat, just to be able to do basic, simple things, getting dressed, getting your shoes on takes hours because of the lack of oxygen. It makes everything feel so much harder. Okay, you have to tell us, what's it like reaching the summit? It was an incredibly surreal moment when I was taking those final few steps. You know, this is a dream I'd had for so many years and you really envision that summit moment, but then you're actually standing there and it's for real and it's just incredibly amazing and really makes everything that you've gone through uh, worth it. What does it look like up there? So when you get up there, you're looking down on the clouds, you're that high up and you can actually see like the curvature of the earth. You can see out across all of Tibet and all of Nepal um, and you're actually exactly on that ridge line. So there's this massive drop off on either side and yeah, it's a pretty amazing moment. Okay, good luck, Alyssa. Maybe we'll see you later on in the climb. Thank you. Hey, Mol, who's that guy over there drying his socks by the heater? I feel like I've seen him before. Wow, that's the famous mountain climbing ethicist Matt Beard. He's come all the way from the Ethics Centre in Sydney to scale this mighty peak. Let's pick his brain too before we start our final climb. Great idea. Hey Matt, how's it going? Pretty great, guys. Are you heading to the top? Yeah, well, we're going to try, but I'm a real rookie at this stuff, unlike you. So I had a few questions for you. Sure thing. Gather round the heater, my friends. Is it okay to climb mountains like Everest for fun, as a sport or a game or something? Well, I think you'll find for most people it's not about fun, it's something a bit deeper than that. There's a real sense of freedom and responsibility that you get when taking on challenging tasks like climbing Everest. It can actually make you feel more alive than you'd ever feel in your normal day-to-day life. Actually, a French philosopher named Anne Dufamontel thought that we should all embrace some risk in our lives. And she actually recently died saving two kids from drowning, so she really walked her talk. And her point was basically that taking risks can be jam-packed with meaning and make our lives more enriched. And if we think about it that way, it's a bit easier to justify doing something dangerous than it would be if we were just doing it for a laugh or without really thinking about it. Great. So your professional advice is that we should consider putting ourselves in situations where we're going to die? Well, the lesson, Carl, is that what it means to really live means sometimes taking on things that are risky and dangerous, and that's what it means to be really alive, at least in the way that she thought about the world. 
thank you, Matt Beard, and, oh, looks like your socks are almost dry. We better get going, Carl. Okay, but all this talk about tough decisions and death has me a little bit bummed out. I think I need to read out an inspiring poem I wrote not so long ago about mountaineering. It goes for about 26 pages. Oh, mountain, you are tall. Oh, mountain, big rock wall. Oh, mountain, please don't let me fall. Oh, mountain, you're taller than us all. <sighs> Sorry, Carl, I'm so tired. I gotta go sleep. Not, not because of your poem, because that is very... Good night. Audio Diary of Molly Daniels, Day 17. We've made it a quarter of the way up the final climb from base camp. I can't really feel my hands and feet, ears and nose, which is freaking me out because those are the spots frostbite usually occurs. You know frostbite, when you lose feeling in a part of your body and it turns black and then falls off? But yeah, still hanging loose. Hey, Molly! Molly! Carl, get your head out of my tent. I'm writing in my diary. Why do you keep interrupting me? I think I think I see a Yeti coming. And and maybe it's going to eat us and chase us or something. I, Molly, help. Oh, okay, I'm coming. Oh, yo, yo. You know, Yetis don't actually exist. Okay, gosh, it is kind of hard to see out here, but... Yep, Carl, it's not a Yeti, it's a human. In fact, it's Lisa Azar again, the youngest Australian to reach the summit. She must already be starting her journey to the top. Oh, and actually, I've got to ask her something else before she goes. Oh, she's waving to us, and yes, she's definitely not a Yeti. Oh, I think she can see us. Yep, here she comes. Hey, Alyssa, the weather doesn't seem great. It's cold and the wind is so strong and we can't see very far ahead of us. You've had a couple of times when you've had to turn back. Now, I'm not saying Carl and I will have to turn back. We probably will. But tell us what happened when you had to turn back. I think it was for pretty horrible and sad reasons, wasn't it? Yeah, well, actually, my first attempt on Everest, um, there was an avalanche in the Kumbu Icefall, the very first section. Um, So we were in base camp and that avalanche, there was a big ice chunk that broke off the side of the mountain, came down and and unfortunately killed 16 Sherpas. Um, So a year later, when the Everest season came around again, I went and had my second attempt on the mountain and on the 25th of April that's actually the day we were meant to start climbing the Nepal earthquake hit Um, and that also killed 22 climbers in base camp so those were really my two first experiences on Everest without even having really climbed on it so uh, you know tested my commitment very very early on and really showed me the realities of climbing. Alyssa the more I talk to you the more I realise how little I know. He gets that with everyone. Good luck and thanks, Alyssa. See ya. I still can't believe she was the youngest Australian to reach the summit of Everest. And while we're talking about amazing climbers, I'd like to do a quick shout-out to the other dynamite people up here who are just as impressive as Alyssa. The people who guide climbers like us. In fact, hardly anyone climbs Everest without employing these people to help them. You mean magicians. What? Nurses. No. Hedgehogs, they're people too, right? Carl, let me finish because you obviously have no idea what I'm about to say. I mean Sherpas. Uh, I was not even close. I'm terrible at guessing games. Who said this was a game anyway? 
Sherpa actually refers to an ethnic group of people from Nepal, but people outside Nepal often use the word to mean a mountain guide. But they don't just guide people. They carry their gear, set up camps and assess the weather conditions. So the people like us who come to climb Everest don't have to do anything? They just pay Sherpas to do it all for them? Yes, well, except the climbing part. You have to do that yourself. I wish we had some Sherpas to help us, Molly. Might have been a good idea, but too late now. It sounds like a cool job too, climbing mountains for a living. Yeah, but it's actually a really dangerous job. Sherpas constantly put their lives at risk and sometimes die trying to keep climbers safe. Whoa. Alyssa just mentioned how in 2014, 16 Nepalese Sherpas died in an avalanche. And that's just one example. Does that mean they just need better trained Sherpas then? No, Sherpas are incredible at mountaineering. They are super experienced in high altitudes and most have grown up learning to be incredible climbers. It's just that no matter what, they do a dangerous job, which has a constant risk of death. So these people can die doing a job which is really not crucial to the world. I mean, nobody has to climb Mount Everest. It's not like something we need to do to survive as humans. Yeah, and you know what costs a lot of money to climb Everest? Tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, and, and about that, Molly, I promise I will pay you back later if that's okay. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see that fat cash, Carl. But it's time for us to leave base camp and start our journey to the top. And we really need to start thinking about this whole climbing thing. Molly, this is a big once-in-a-lifetime adventure that at least you have been preparing for. It's going to be really, really hard, but people also say it's going to be an amazing, life-changing experience. So here's the question. Given the danger to not only you and me, Carl, but to other people who help out on these climbs, like Sherpa guides, should we even be up here at all? Yeah, should people even be allowed to climb Mount Everest? Hit pause now. Come on, keep going. Okay, okay, come on, you can do it. This wind is so intense up here. I just need to grab that ledge. It doesn't look too hard. Whoa, Carl, hang on. Just let me check our buddy rope is still attached before you try this next bit. Uh, our what? Our buddy rope? You're meant to have it attached at all times. It connects you to your climbing partner so you can help them if they slip or something. Carl, did you take off your buddy rope? Oh, you mean this thing? Uh, I just thought this was decorative. I was wearing mine to kind of break up the colour on this onesie snowsuit. Oh my god, you're hopeless. Let me just clip this back onto you. Now, this next bit is tough, and you aren't as skilled at triple reverse incline ice pick lunges as I am. This looks really hard. <laughs> For you, maybe. No, seriously. Molly, I'm... Fu- Carl, don't! Ah, I've got you, Carl! I'm gonna die! No, you aren't, Carl. Not while I'm still attached to your buddy rope. Whoa! Gosh, those things are pretty handy after all, huh? Uh, Carl, come on. I can't hold you here for long. I've hooked my ice pick in with one hand. Just climb back up. Uh, Molly? I think I've really hurt my arm. And, and I'm dangling off a freaking cliff. I can't get back up. What do I do? Okay, don't panic. I've still got a free hand. I'll radio in for some help. 
Matt Beard, this is Molly Daniels. Can you hear me, Matt? Loud and clear, Molly. I've already reached the summit, planted yet another flag, and I'm on my way back to the ethics centre. Matt, Carl slipped and he's hanging over the edge of a cliff. His rope is connected to me. I don't know how long I can hold on for. Can you make it back down to save us? Oh no, I'm on my way. But in case you don't make it, what should I do? Do I keep risking my life to save Carl? Or would it be okay to let go of him? It's worth asking whether you have a duty of care to Carl, just like the Sherpas have to their climbers. From what I can tell, you're a lot more experienced than Carl and you decided to bring him along even though he doesn't know what he's doing. But I told him to train and he didn't. But regardless, even if you did have a duty of care to Carl, you also have a duty of care to yourself. It's pretty rare for people to be ethically required to die so someone else can live. I heard that, Molly. Save yourself. Cut me loose. Hold on, Molly. Before you let little Carl fall, there are a couple more things to think about. First, how are your arms feeling? If you feel like you can hold on for a while longer, then it might be better for you to keep holding on. Oh, my arms are killing me. Well, if you feel like you're going to slip at any second, then it's really a question of whether one person dies or two people. And in that case, as sad as it would be, it might be okay if you decided to cut Carl loose. Oh, I don't know if I can do it. Well, remember, Carl has told you it's okay if you do. And I'm guessing if he had a knife, he'd already have cut himself loose. Yeah, that's true, Molly. Oh no, uh, I'm starting to slip. Wait, here's that team of junior mountain climbers from Millthorpe Public School. Guys, grab my arm. Oh, thank you, that's, that's bought me a little more time. Hey, what do you guys think? Should I keep trying to save Carl no matter what? Even if you're up on a mountain or down on the ground, it's still the same rules, I guess, apply. I think it also depends on who's the person in trouble. Like, if they're your siblings or your parents, then I'd probably do everything I could to save them, even if it put my life at risk. But if it was somebody you didn't really know that well and it was somebody who just happened to be climbing the mountain at the same time as you, then if I could call the rescue helicopter, I would, but if I couldn't, then I wouldn't. Molly should only go to a level where she wouldn't hurt herself and put herself in so much risk to save Carl. They're a team, so I think if they're a team, they have to work together to achieve a goal. Molly can't be putting her life to risk because they made the decision to go mountain climbing. And it depends how much Molly likes Carl, how the last couple of days have been, like if they've had any arguments or anything. I can't do it, Carl. I can't let you go, even if it means I get dragged down with you. Molly, you've got to find a way to carry on. But like one of our junior mountaineering mates said, we're a team. Plus, I was so gung-ho about reaching the top, I dragged you along even though you weren't trained or ready to do this. I didn't even hire Sherpas. Oh, it's all my fault. No, Molly, 
It's, it's my fault. I didn't train. I kept ignoring you. I didn't take this seriously enough, and, and now I have to pay the price. And- ah, 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 I'm slipping. Okay, you two. Ugh. I've got you both. Just in the nick of time. Thanks, Matt. Also, great trumpet. Okay. Hold still. Reach for this rope. No, a, a, a little to the left. No, the right. One, two, three. Uh, oh, my Ooh. arms. What a workout. Oh, that's a deep burn. Thanks so much, guys. I don't know what to say. Wow. You were really going to go down together. That's some amazing teamwork. But maybe you've both realised something really important. Even though climbing Mount Everest seems like a really brave thing to do, there's a difference between being brave and being reckless. Yeah, dragging Carl along was pretty reckless. I should have just told you I didn't want to come, Molly. Next time, we'll be ready. We're going to train so hard, Carl. No, Momo, I I really don't want to. Let's get moving, Carl. Workout starts tomorrow at 5am. Okay. Before we head down, I just want to say a big thank you to our student mountain climbers for their help saving my life at the last minute and for their opinions today. Well done, Oliver, Hugh, Lily, Polly, Georgie, and Paddy from Millthorpe Public School. For young climbers, you guys have got some guts. And if you want to share your thoughts on the ethical dilemmas we faced in this episode, or on any of our other shows, send us an email. Yeah, maybe you'd like to tell us the bravest thing you've ever done, whether it's on the top of Everest or not. Just head to the Short and Curly website, then scroll right down to the bottom left where it says, Write to Short and Curly. Or you might want to give us a review on iTunes. That'll really help other people find the podcast. Okay, my arm is pretty bad, Molly. Can can we head back down now? We sure can, Carl. And you know what? I'm going to sing you a song of inspiration and joy that will guide you back down. Oh, mountain, you're very tall. You look like me if I was tall Uh, and made of rocks and made of ice. Molly, Molly, thanks. Mm. I, I think it's okay. I... I think silence might be better, actually. Oh.